Greetings, space cadets, and welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Strap in, grab your astronaut helmet, and gather your zero-gravity snacks, because today we're venturing beyond our earthly confines and heading into the vast expanse of the cosmos. Today's topic was sparked by a recent piece from Ars Technica that landed on my radar titled, We Can Leave the Solar System, But Arriving Anywhere Else Ain't Happening Soon has a comforting ring to it, doesn't it? Now, we've all looked up at the night sky, perhaps after one too many cocktails, and contemplated the possibility of life on other planets. I mean, with all this space, it would be a waste if it was only us, right? But according to our science tech gurus at Ars Technica, while we've managed to break free from Mama Solar System, our chances of RSVPing to an intergalactic housewarming party anytime soon are slim to none. The article got me thinking. We need to evaluate our space exploration ambitions. We've sent our robotic children like Voyager 1 out into the cosmos, like newly minted 18-year-olds off to college. Except there is no textbook return policy, no Christmas break, just infinite space and solitude. The article puts the enormity of the cosmos into stark perspective, comparing the distance between Earth, the Sun, and our closest celestial neighbor Proxima Centauri, to a person standing three feet from another, representing the 93 million miles between Earth and the Sun, and the third person, playing Proxima Centauri, positioned more than 200 miles away. Yikes! Space is mind-bogglingly large. It's like if you took a long-distance relationship and dialed it up to infinity. Brain-breaking enormity of the cosmos. That's a quote from the piece, and it gets me every time. That's like comparing your monthly data usage to the number of TV shows in existence. Sure, Stranger Things and The Crown are great, but you can't watch them all. There are just too many, just like there are too many light years to Alpha Centauri. So where does this leave us? Do we abandon our star-studded dreams and retreat with our space-loving tails tucked between our legs? Far from it, my interstellar compatriots. Instead, we reimagine our ambitions. Rather than longing to attend an otherworldly alien meet-and-greet, let's focus on exploring and understanding our own solar system. We have an entire cosmic backyard to explore, from Saturn's rings to the icy terrain of Pluto. Heck, we haven't even finished unpacking everything on Mars yet. So, before you go mourning your dreams of starbound escapades, remember that space is vast. Like, pack a lunch, you'll be traveling for millennia to the next star vast. And there is so much out there in our own cosmic neighborhood that remains unexplored and understood. Maybe in our lifetime, or the next, we may not be shaking appendages with little green creatures from other galaxies, but we can always send our robot kids like the Voyager to do our interstellar dirty work. And now, it's time to traverse an equally fascinating landscape. Your questions. If you're yearning for advice on relationships, finance, careers, or just how to pack lunch for a millennia-long journey in space, I'm here to help. Submit your questions at www.brainwavespod.com and be part of the next episode of Straight Talk. Remember, like the universe, no question is too big or too small. Let's dive in. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert. And all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, 
It should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey there, brainwaves. It's Lisa from sunny San Diego. So here's my deal. I'm part of this community organization that's all about social justice, environment, all the big picture issues we love to tackle. Sounds dreamy, right? Well, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. The leadership of the group is dominated by this sort of clique, and they just marginalize anyone who isn't similar by age, by how woke you appear. The right kind of, well, everything. They speak so much about diversity and equality, but it seems like it's more about fitting their idealistic worldview than being truly open-minded. I tried to address it, but I was just dismissed as being divisive, and was told this is how things are done. It's disheartening. So, brainwaves, how do I navigate this? It's a cause I believe in, but the culture is exhausting. Witty brain of yours, care to shed some light? Well, Lisa from sunny San Diego, we've got ourselves a real-life catch-22, don't we? It's like you've walked into a vegan butcher shop. It's confusing, contradictory, and smells funky. Now, I think the word you're dancing around here isn't idealistic, it's hypocrisy. A social justice group that doesn't practice what it preaches? Oh, the humanity. That's like a therapist with commitment issues, a fortune teller with a fear of the future, or a cat wrapping itself in tin foil. Just doesn't add up. But we digress. Here's my nugget of wisdom for you, Lisa. Let's make something crystal clear. Every cause is worth fighting for, but definitely not every fight is worth it. Your energy, your passion is your currency. But even the wealthiest of minds can end up bankrupt if they don't spend wisely. In this case, you're not just fighting for the cause. You're also fighting the culture. And that, my friend, is draining your account faster than an online shopping spree during pandemic. You've addressed the issue already and found yourself smacked with the dreaded divisive label. The old, how dare you question us shtick. But they've forgotten something. The key to solving a problem is recognizing there is one, and you have. Now it's time to decide if this is the hill you want to die on. It's a decision only you can make. I would suggest you to pull out a coin, my friend. On one side, label it stay and fight. On the other, move on to better. Not because we're going to leave your destiny to chance, oh no, but because the minute that coin is in the air, you'll know what side you're hoping lands face up. Deep down, you already know what you want. Just remember, don't ever, and I mean ever, let anyone put out your fire. If you are in a place where your light doesn't shine, perhaps it's time for you to move somewhere else where it can, somewhere you can sparkle and shine like the damn supernova you are. Quit trying to recharge in a place that drains you or, and here's a novel idea, work towards changing the power source. Just keep in mind that change is as stubborn as a constipated mule. It doesn't come easy. So, Lisa, it really comes down to declaring your values as much as they declare their wokeness. How much energy are you willing to spend here? Remember, there's no wrong choice here, only difficult ones. Keep us posted, Lisa. We're rooting for you. Until then, this is Brainwaves signing off with a little reminder for everyone to be truly open-minded, not just full of hot air. Over and out. Hi, Brainwaves. This is Bella from Portland. Love your show, but never imagined I'd be reaching out myself. Well, 
Here's my conundrum. I work at a pretty hip tech company. You know, one of those with open office plans and named conference rooms? Yeah, one of the cool ones. However, not everything's fruity in the tech orchard. I've got a co-worker. Let's call him Kevin because, well, that's his name. Kevin on paper is an okay guy, good at his job. However, his subtle digs directed at me have me convinced he learned interpersonal skills from a reality TV villain. I'm talking sneaky remarks about my work, you know, microaggressions, like criticizing my designs, but in a backhanded, roundabout way. Worse still, he makes light of my vegan diet and eco-friendly lifestyle in a milieu that's teeming with reusable coffee cup enthusiasts. What a paradox, eh? I've tried addressing it directly, but he plays innocent or laughs it off as jokes. But brainwaves, I'm not laughing. It's affecting my morale and productivity. Now here's what I'm wondering. How do I shut this down without turning into the office pariah, or worse, catching the attention of HR? Would love your take. Thanks and keep rocking your no-nonsense advice. Well, hello, Bella from Portland. I'm glad you love the show, even if the circumstances for your call-in aren't exactly rosy. Let's chat about Cool Kevin, because let's be clear, nothing says cool like throwing shade at someone's choices, right? Now, Bella, I get the confusion here. You're in a hipster tech hive where you'd think backhanded jabs would be as extinct as conference rooms called conference room. Yet, Kevin reminds us that some people still exist with the interpersonal skills of a garden gnome. The question is how to deal with Kevin without buying a one-way ticket to HR purgatory or earning the prestigious title of Office Grump. Here's the thing. You've already confronted Kevin, and it's clear he's been programmed to respond in denial mode. Options? Well, digging a moat around your desk or training attack pigeons might be attractive ideas right now, but might not pan out exactly as planned. My suggested route is a little less medieval warfare, a lot more strategic negotiation. Start voicing your concerns with preciseness and politeness. For example, when he decides to flex his reality TV villain muscles, calmly say something like, Kevin, when you make comments about my design, it comes across as less of a constructive critique and more like unnecessary criticism. It's vital we respect each other's work quality and style to maintain a good work environment. Practice variations of it in front of a mirror or your cat until it sounds natural. Your eco-friendly lifestyle? When Kevin plays the vegan police, give him a grin and say something like, Kevin, our lunch choices do not define our work competencies and munch down on your vegan delicacy with victorious charm. Now, I know there's a temptation to roll your eyes and through gritted teeth say, if I want your opinion, Kevin, I'll check under the category of unsolicited garbage. But a spoonful of poise helps the professionalism go down. It's essential that these interactions don't come off as cranky retorts, but as an adult handling a situation. Should Kevin continue in his stubbornly annoying ways, and it's affecting you more than it should, it's time to invite HR into the mix. It's not about tattling, but about someone's behavior significantly influencing your ability to comfortably perform your job. HR exists for a reason, Bella, and sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. So... Bella, that's my two cents. It's simple. Keep your grace. Address issues directly, but definitely don't be a doormat. You can't control Kevin, but you can control how his words affect you. You've got this. And remember, you're there because you make a difference, not because you share Kevin's dietary preferences or design decisions. Hey, Brainwaves. Name's Peter from Boston. So here's the thing. 
I'm on the autism spectrum. And sometimes that makes navigating this chaotic thing called the social world pretty tricky. I've had a real tough time making and keeping friends my whole adult life, and now that I'm working remotely because of COVID, it's even harder. I've noticed that I miss some social cues, and that can lead to awkward encounters, which then make me insecure. I'm not out here trying to be the life of the party or anything, but it would be nice to have a couple of solid buddies to share a beer with and some deep conversations, you know? I've joined some online meetup groups and forums based around my interests, which are mostly science fiction books and indie music, but I'm kind of struggling to turn those virtual interactions into real friendships. So, in a world full of so-called normal people, how does a neurodiverse guy like myself form meaningful, lasting friendships? Back to you, brainwaves. Hey, Peter. Let me start by handing out a virtual pat on the back for raising such a stellar question. Navigating the iceberg-infested waters of the social world can be tough in the best of circumstances, let alone when the ship you're navigating in has been built a bit differently. But hey, we're all stumbling around in the dark. Some of us just have flashlights, while some of us have night vision goggles. At the end of the day, no two ships or brains are alike, right? All right, back to your concern. First things first, drop the normal tag from your vocabulary. We're all gloriously unique individuals, and I've never met a normal person in my life. Your neurodiversive perspective brings its own unique light to the world. Now, between two Trekkies debating on who can live long under Vulcan's sun, or two experimental indie band fans arguing if the band sold out, all friendships boil down to common interests, honesty, and respect. So the fact that you've already found your interests and have been joining groups based on them is a stellar start. Now, on to friend-making. You've mentioned you struggle with social cues, which I suspect most of us do in one way or another. You're already doing a tremendous job recognizing that as a potential hurdle. So let's see what we can do to work around it. Are there people in these groups that you find particularly engaging or interesting? Try sparking one-on-one -on -one conversations with those individuals about shared interests. Yeah, it might be a bit scary, but hey, the best adventures always start with a dragon to slay, right? And remember, everyone loves a good listener who is actively engaging with what they share. Trust me, your passion for sci-fi books and indie music will radiate through, and others with similar passions will be drawn in by your genuine enthusiasm. But first things first, you got to shed your insecurities. I know, easier said than done. But remember, we're all a bit messy and human, and authenticity is the key to creating lasting connections. It might not be the easiest path forward, but let's talk about how to navigate that. Maybe consider seeking a professional, a therapist, or a coach who specializes in providing social support for individuals on the autism spectrum. Their expertise could be incredibly valuable in adjusting your social sales, making your navigation through the tumultuous waters of friendships a bit less daunting. Finally, Peter, remember that meaningful friendships don't come with a deadline. It's a slow process, like watching a bonsai tree grow. It's not going to happen overnight. Patience is needed. So nourish those connections with genuine care, understanding, and time. You want friends who appreciate you for who you are, quirks and all. Because at the end of the day, the greatest friends we make are those who love us, even when our leaves fall off. So set sail into the world. Peter, your Skywalker-Jedi bond is out there waiting. And remember, in the immortal words of Spock, 
infinite diversity in infinite combinations. I think that's a principle we can all live by. Cheers, Peter. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 